Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? And does this smell good? Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It is noon on a Friday. It is time for all of your top sports stories in one place. It's Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here as always. Aaron? So... With the four seed clinched and priority on postseason help, the Suns are planning on sitting their four core stars, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton versus the Lakers on the second night of the back-to-back. Are you happy with that situation, guys? No. I mean, I'm never happy when the best players are sitting, and it it sort of amplifies the ridiculous stat that KD and LeBron haven't played against each other since 2018. But in this case, I am interested to see who's going to play tonight for the Suns now because there's no, there's so much open space for guys to step in that I'm actually going to be watching minutes tonight more than most nights. Yeah, yeah, I was so hoping the Phoenix Suns were going to play their starters through the season to the end of the season that they were going to play them in these last two games. I was so hoping that was going to be the case just to allow them to finish the season the way they didn't finish it last year. So to me, I'd like to see him out on the floor actually competing. Manage their minutes over the last two. No doubt about that. Hey, even if you only played him 15, 17 minutes, somewhere in there, I still would have liked to have seen them finish the season strong. Unlike what they did a year ago. One thing is, it, it did seem like Monty Williams is alluding to the fact the last few days that if he's going to play guys, he wants to play them normal minutes. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised by this. And the counterpoint, if you hate it, is they're one game closer to KD being healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, like, there's, there's, there's one less game where something could go wrong for any of these guys, really. Yeah. So how much do you think the Suns will learn from the game tonight with their bench and maybe playoff minutes. Think those bench players can earn some playoff minutes tonight. I think we're going to learn a lot. I I mean, I'm assuming Monty Williams has a pretty good idea of who he wants to trust in the playoffs. But you that's probably actually part of this, too. If you're Monty Williams, you know what you're getting out of your main three guys and, and DA, too. And then you probably don't hate the idea of getting to see Landry Shamit and Campaign and Terrence Ross all get to play significant minutes tonight. I think it was Wednesday, but Monty Williams was talking about there had to be some things that had to play out. Do you remember him saying that? Yeah. Some things had to play out. Maybe that was it. Um, I'm wondering what those things are, of course. And to me, those things... They, they're they entwined around campaign. That's what I think. And I think campaign over these last two games, it's going to be really, really interesting to watch what is going on. Because I, I believe, it's just me based on audience, I could be dead wrong on it. But I believe something's going on with campaign and Monty Williams. Something is going on. Everything does not appear to be copacetic between these two guys right now. Maybe these last two games will clear it up for us. ESPN listed edge, defensive tackle, cornerback, interior, offensive line, and wide receiver as the Cardinals' biggest draft needs for the 2023 NFL Draft. So if you guys had to pick one position that is the Cardinals' biggest need 
Which one would it be? Judge. Judge. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next. <laughs> I didn't. I when we talked about that earlier, I didn't think you were going to agree with me. I thought you were going to say. I really thought you were going to say defensive line. Well, but you can kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they do need. They need an edge rusher. They need that. Yeah. And by the way, Will Anderson, the best player in the draft, in my opinion, is there. You and could, he plays edge. You could so take why, best available and over, draft for need. Yeah, let's not overthink it. Let's just draft Will Anderson somehow, some way. The Diamondbacks fell the Dodgers 5-2 in their home opener. Merrill Kelly saw his second start of the season last five and two-thirds innings, allowing four earned runs on six hits and four walks to four strikeouts. What concerns you guys the most through the first seven games of the season? Is it the lack of offense, the top of the rotation? Where are you guys at? Yeah, I mean, I think I think big picture, it's got to kind of be the rotation right now, doesn't it? And, and I'm not worried about Zach Gallen or Merrill Kelly. And, you know, there's a lot of starts against the Dodgers, and they're both of Merrill Kelly's starts have been against the Dodgers. But we don't know what we're getting from Madison Bumgarner. And I don't know that we're going to get like a great answer tonight because he's pitching against the Dodgers. Yeah, you know, I would like to see them embrace their goodness, um, embrace their strength a little bit more, and try to manufacture more runs. Uh, I don't want to see them be reckless on the base paths, but I think they need to pick up their. I think they need to pick it up a little bit more and be aggressive. On the base paths. That's what I think. I'd like to see that. I, I know Tory doesn't want to run into outs on the base paths, but I think they've got to embrace the snake factory and manufacturing runs. So round two of the Masters is in progress at Augusta National. Currently, Brooks Kepka is on top of the leaderboard by a lot. He's 12 under. His second round is over. Sam Bennett. Eight under in second, and then John Rahm is in third at seven under. Do you guys think Brooks Kepka will win it this oh, year? Oh man, it's a big lead. I, I mean, I'm not going to change. I'll I'll stick with John Rahm, but he's got a lot of work to do now. He's, he's still, I mean, seven under. Seven under is good. I, this is what I hope that Sunday it's competitive. It's always a downer when the Masters by Sunday afternoon somebody's up by like four strokes. And that's yeah. kind of where we're headed right now. Yeah, right now, um, you gotta you gotta think Brooks Gupta is in a perfect spot to win this thing and win it going away. He's now, done. The weekend, of course, the weekend is huge, as we all know. Well, and we and just got word from the Masters that due to inclement weather conditions, Augusta National Golf Club was forced to suspend play today and evacuate the grounds. Further updates wow. will be announced once available. Wow. I think Kepka. they were saying he, he teed off early today, too, so he got most of his round in. So no, his round's done. done, yeah. So that's a pretty good spot to he be He finished in. five under. That spot got even better for uh, for Brooks Kepka since nobody can golf now. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, right now it looks really, really good. He's going to have to stink to probably lose it. I mean, it's the Masters. Anything can happen, right? Like if this gets delayed a day or something and then you lose your... It's going to be interesting, though, because the Masters, as we all know, the surface is so, it's lightning quick. It's like a tabletop for the most part. And when it rains, scores go up. How uh, how good of a golfer are you? No. Okay. We should, we, at some point, you and I need to just have a head-to-head golf. Yeah, okay. 
You'll probably win. I've gone like seven times ever. (laughs) Okay, I think I could take it. But now, I mean, now I got nothing to lose and everything to gain, so this is great. We got to do that as a show. Yeah, let's do it. We all go out. All right. (laughs) Driving range. You pick the course, and I'll buy a a club. We'll bring the families. All right. I don't want people to see this. (laughs) All right, uh, when we come back, what were your uh, thoughts on how Monty Williams used the bench last night? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Sun's Day presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, so back-to-back here for the Suns. Last night, Katie really kind of took over. Chris Paul was a big part of that takeover as well for the Suns. Devin Booker, the rare off night. And they still win anyway, although the counter to that, of course, is Denver didn't play any of their starters. Yeah, you know, the the Phoenix Suns, to me, for the most part, they look bored with the competition. And I I totally understand that. I do. I get it. Um, Monty Williams actually talked about it after the game as well. And it's something called human nature. And it can. I I mean, you try to be intense when you go out and you compete and you know that you're playing at the highest level our species can generate. You know everybody that the Nuggets ran out there. They're capable. They're good. But when you sit your entire starting five the way the Nuggets did, it just it takes a lot of the shine off the intensity of that game. Yeah, we, we didn't learn anything about how the Suns and Nuggets match up. That That's out the window. <laughs> that, we're going to have to learn that in the second round of the playoffs if we're going to learn it. But here's the cut from Monty that you were just talking about. I do understand um, <laughs> competitive edge of high-level players. I, I think there's a... I don't know what you call it, but when you see that many guys out, um, you, human nature... Whatever you want to call it, sometimes you drop your guard, you drop your edge a little bit, and and then they're you know backup guys and a couple of their guys who one guy who starts started playing well and that turned us on a bit. So I, I get that part, but as we're trying to build some synergy and rhythm, you just want to see more consistency like we did um, in OKC down the stretch and in the fourth quarter. See, and unless you're willing to manufacture desperation, something I was really, really good at. I was so good at manufacturing desperation for every play that I was in the NFL. And it wasn't just games, Basin audience. It was practices as well because I had to be that guy. I had to manufacture that desperation. You sound like a business that like play. exports desperation. I, I, it is. It's and and you can't. It's hard to manufacture desperation when you're Kevin Durant. It's hard to manufacture that when you're Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And and go out there and say, okay, we gotta we gotta approach this game just like when we're playing the best team in the league, the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Just we've got to be able to go out there and manufacture. You, you it's called human nature. Well, You're gonna a, fail. There's a difference between trying and playing with desperation. So it's it's not like, hey, Devin Booker wasn't trying last night. Yeah, but like some guys was. are really good at manufacturing desperation, yeah. even when it's not a desperate situation. But, but that's what I'm saying. Though, like last night, you would look at that and say, okay, the Suns weren't desperate. What, what, they had no reason to be desperate. They were not. But that doesn't mean they weren't trying. You know what I mean? Like there's th- there's that line where I think some people look and they're like, well, how could they not try? No, it's 
Desperation is another level that's going to make you potentially great at the highest level of the sport. And the Suns, it's tough to have that when the other team's like, we're going to sit all our guys. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. I, I guess we're going to play this game and you're not going to have your guys, basically. Yeah. Which is going to be the Suns tonight because the spoiler alert to all the stuff that we're talking about is it came down within the last hour or so. Chris Paul's not playing. Kevin Durant's not playing. Devin Booker's not playing. And DeAndre Ayton's not playing. And they're not all hurt, obviously. They're just, they're not playing tonight for the Yeah, Suns. and you have to wonder, are they going to play tomorrow night? Are they going to play, right? Are they going to play against the Clippers? That remains to be seen. Uh, here's more from Monty after the game last night on this very topic. Um, like I said before, you can't. Um, hold on to that level of conditioning when you have a week off. You can try, but along with the conditioning, you got the emotion of the game, you got the competition emotion. There's a lot of things that you can't replicate in a practice. We'll do our best, um, but the bottom line is uh, I think every team that has to wait a week is going to lose some conditioning, so we're going to be in the same position if you're in that spot where you know who you're going to play from Sunday to Saturday or Sunday to Sunday. Two things on this, Wolf. One, we were playing the clips earlier this week of of Monty talking about how, in a way, it's kind of an advantage to be the four seed over a one or a two because you're going to know who you're going to play for the full week. Yeah. I also would, would even add to that and say you're going to play another team that doesn't have any momentum. Like, you're both going to be coming out of a week off. So you're both going to be healthier, in theory, right? But it is sort of a weird dynamic that I think everybody's still learning to navigate when you're the number one seed or the two seed, and you get the week off, and okay, you got to kind of ramp it back up. We saw it with the Suns last year. And you're playing a team like New Orleans last year that was all of a sudden just rolling into that series. It's almost like the, the play-in games in the NCAA tournament. There always seems to be one team yeah. in that play-in that, that makes a little bit of a run in the tournament. So that, I don't know, it's just another thing to, to add on to what he was saying yesterday because whether they played tonight or if they were going to play their guys on Sunday, it's not going to change the fact that their first playoff game is not for a week. Yeah, I know. And that, again, though, for me, I would want to finish it. I would. If I were inside that locker room, I'd just say, Monty, let me go finish this season. Let me finish what I started. Okay, so I'm not going to play 33 minutes. I understand that. I'm not going to play 23 minutes. I, I get that. Um, I would want to play. Are you saying I would want to finish. As a player or as a coach? I'm saying that as a player, okay. and that is that is my mindset. It's my perspective, and it's never going to change. Even though I'm fat and 60 now, it, it still is never going to change the fact that I would want to play. Chris Paul, I think, wants to play. He's sitting down, but I think Chris Paul wants to play. And I understand why you'd want to sit Chris Paul down, especially CP3, and especially the way that he's been playing since KD has been out there as well. Can't you just hear Chris Paul's argument to Monty Williams? Coach, I don't even have to run anymore. I just stand there. They (laughs) pass me the ball and I shoot. I'm a catch-and-shoot guy now. Leave me alone. I I know. I just would want to finish the season. And yes, you can manage my minutes, but just let me finish this because after that, it's going to be almost a week before we play another game. Yeah. Uh, here's Kevin Durant on on how to stay ready during the long layoff before the playoffs actually start. Mm, man, everybody gonna have a little break. <clears throat> uh, I guess except for the play-in teams, but majority of us in the playoffs gonna have a little break. I guess is getting some practice days in, keeping your, keeping everything tight and warm, and um, you know, go from there. We'll see what happens from there. But 
I don't think that week off would do much. He didn't say this, but how great would it have been if he said everybody's going to have a break? Well, I guess for the playoff teams like you, Dallas. <laughs> oh, wait, Dallas, you're not even going to make the play-in. That you're going to have great. a longer break. <laughs> that was great. Did you hear that, brothers? The very beginning. Just play it again. The very beginning of that. Listen to KD right here. Mm, man, everybody going to have a little break. <clears throat> oh, I guess for the play-in teams. but <laughs> Right there. <laughs> Well, I guess except for the play-in oh, teams. So that, that's and like, he wasn't even trying to be. He wasn't trying to be a jerk. That's he wasn't like the person to rip in anybody. your office that comes up and they're like, "Hey, hey get, you, you got good weekend plans?" And you're like, "It's Wednesday," and they're like, "Oh, well, I'm off tomorrow and Friday." Okay, but we have to work tomorrow and Friday. That is great, right there. It really is. But you know, again, Monty knows how to get these guys right. I'm sure he's had long conversations with his players, D. Book, Kevin Durant. Rand, Chris Paul, even D.A. probably brought them all into a room and had it out with them as to how they wanted to finish the season. I would have loved to have been sitting in that room just to hear if there was any pushback at all on not playing in the last two games. But And, and by the way, the Suns haven't announced that they're not going to play against yeah, the Clippers on Sunday they, night. They but might, but but I guess that goes back to like, me. I don't think they will. I, I don't know if they will either now because what's like I always hate when a team has a bye week in the first round of the NFL playoffs and they rest everybody in their last week of the season yeah. too. Because then it's like, wow, you're changing everything you're doing. You're gonna Just, you're not gonna play for basically three weeks. Football players typically hate that. I, by the I, way, I, I would. I would imagine so. And and at basketball, I mean, it's going to be a little bit different because even if they do play on Sunday, like I said, it's not like it's going to have them conditioned for game one of the playoffs because it's still a week away. With the Suns, where I would say it's different is like you, you hear a lot about how they need these games to improve chemistry. They've played eight games as a team with Kevin Durant. He was asked about that after the game last night. Oh, no, I think chemistry, chemistry can be, you don't necessarily have to be on the court to build chemistry all the time. I think just the fellowship in the locker room, the camaraderie on the team playing on the bus, all that stuff matters. It factors into having a good um, culture around your team. I think it's a family atmosphere. So when you step in here, you know, chemistry is not really a problem. You know, every, when you communicate and everything, when, you know, guys don't, guys police themselves, hold themselves accountable, I think all that stuff makes up for, I guess, the lack of time spent together. I think that Kevin Durant, unless I miss my guess, brothers, I think that Kevin Durant is in the perfect culture for him. And it's one of the reasons why I think the Suns are ready to go ballistic in the postseason. Because he is, he's one of these guys that I think thrives. I think he thrives in a situation where he really does care about the guys that line up next to him. He really does care about the guys out on the floor. He cares about the culture of his team. Think of this team and how good-natured this team really is inside that locker room. I truly room. believe this is one of the best fits for him. There yes. was so much talk around the trade of, oh, you know, how's Kevin Durant going to fit in with the Suns? Yes. Look, Kevin Durant, any team would want him. I, I do feel like... I don't know. You can mark me down for Suns Bucks rematch. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Now, what happens there? Who knows? Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Who are some of the best players in some of the other positions we were talking about at the Cardinals in terms of positions of need? We'll get you some more of those names next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The NFL Draft. 
news on number three. Draft coverage, live, local, late breaking. All right, Wolf, do you know what today is? Uh, this Friday. Sure about that. It's also less than three weeks from the start of the NFL draft. And it's Eric Ruby's birthday. Oh, is it really? Yes. So oh, it. my goodness, Jim. Happy birthday, big guy. Are you, Thank you. You going to give him that car you bought him or no? Um, No. no. Did you actually remember? I thought it was a motorcycle. Yeah, um, no, I thought I thought you had this covered. Uh, what do you mean? The uh, card? No, car. Oh, I didn't you say said card. car. Yes, car. <laughs> Oh, I thought you meant a card. No, car. Like um, beep, I do beep, have drive, a card drive. for you, though, John. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I do, as a matter I'll give it to you later. What, you have a card for Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's from me, too, by the way. Anything I'm looking forward to it, guys. The heartfelt messages and everything. That's so good, Jim. Now, yes. Here's the thing about the card from us, Jim. Sometimes it's not what you write. It's what you don't write. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. So if you get a blank card from Wolf in three weeks, that's from me, too. Sometimes it's more okay. meaningful when it's in the packaging still. And yes. It hasn't even been put in the envelope. And so nobody Jim, wants you, it on their birthday, either. Yeah. Do you have any idea why Luke said car? Do you have any car? Idea? Car. Right. Well, because I think he thought you got me a car for yeah, okay, a car. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. I wouldn't buy Vetter, <laughs> my son, a car well, for his birthday. Old enough to drive. Yes. Well, even when he is. Oh, okay. Forget about it. <laughs> Does he know that? Does he know he's not getting a car when he's sixteen? Hey, you know what? Uh, our kids, the Wolf League kids, they're going to be working for their vehicles. That doesn't surprise okay. me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're going to be working for that. Well, what are you doing? We're just going to buy you a car? Buy him the yeah. parts. Make him build it. No. <laughs> no, Jim. Well, now that he's heard that you're buying Jim a car, though, You know, see, I'm sensitive to that because I, I'm not good at anything around the house, okay? I wish that I were, oh, my goodness, brothers. If there was one thing, I, I wish I was good around the house, and I am awful. I'm the exact opposite of what is good around the house. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, man. You just described yourself as I like a small tornado walking through the house. Destructive. I'm really good. Uh, you know, I, I've said this many times, but it's the truth. I'm really good at two things based on our needs. Taking damage okay. and giving it. Well, if you, <laughs> okay, if you hire a wedge right buster there. to fix your house, you get what you should expect. Yes, right? I, I guess. But, oh, man, these these people that walk around and know how to do everything, farmers are like that. Farmers know how to do everything. They're mechanics. Don't you hang out they're with They're carpenters. They're plumbers. I, yeah, every summer. but None of that's rubbed off at all? No, not There's, at all. This is all you got to do. Get one of those like utility belts. No, don't. Put like a hammer and like a screwdriver in it, and you'll just look like you know what you're doing. You know what? From time to time, I'm not gonna lie. I'll walk into Home Depot with that on. <laughs> like you gotta, you've gotta have your measuring tape when you go to Home Depot. I appreciate it's you like not lying you take about the, that. No, I'm serious. I'll take the measuring tape. I won't. You know, it's not. I'm not putting the tool belt on. But take the measuring tape with you, Basin Ornings. If you know, in in. Go ahead and hook it to your belt and walk into Home Depot, okay? Because they think just immediately. Just walk around measuring things like, yeah, it looks well, about right. I'm just saying, immediately, this, oh, this guy knows he what does, he's yeah. done. Look, he's got, he's measuring got tape. his measuring tape on. He, he wouldn't just carry that around for no reason. He's right. crazy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the only thing worse would be a carpenter's uh, apron. That that would that would get their attention yeah, that's even true. more. If you just walk in with a drill and you're just <laughs> revving it as you walk through the aisles, that would really get their attention. Never know what you might have to measure. Uh, all right. <laughs>
I almost just went to break, and we're not going to break right now. Um, let's talk a little NFL draft. We, we were running through some of the positions that ESPN had identified as needs for the Cardinals, and I think we agreed with all five of them. And we went through some of the receivers and corners earlier, Wolf, but now... Now we're really going to play your game here uh, and, and look through some of the, uh, the the line of scrimmage guys. Okay, so do you want to start offense or uh, or defense? Um, let's go ahead and start defense, shall okay. we? Uh, how about how about Lucas Van Ness? We haven't played a draft capsule for him yet. He he seems to be going right in the middle of that that first round. If they were to trade down, the whole point of this is guys that the Cardinals might look at if they did make a trade with a team that isn't the Colts, if they traded down to 7 or 11 or 22 with the Ravens or whoever. So here, let's let's try uh, Van Ness right here. Lucas Van Ness, Edge, Iowa. After earning the nickname Hercules from his teammates, it's not hard to imagine the type of physique Van Ness brings to the gridiron. However, his time at Iowa was interesting. He did not start a single game in 2022, but still took home second team all Big Ten accolades after leading the Hawkeyes with 11 tackles for a loss, paired with six and a half sacks and 38 total tackles. Hercules relies on force and power to get what needs to be done but he still needs to work on his block recognition skills. Some have labeled him as more of a splash player than a consistent force, but Van Ness has traits that can allow him to thrive in the pros. NFL comparison to time Pro Bowl defensive end Trey Hendrickson. You know, first of all, let me just say that I love those guys from Iowa. I really do. I love anyone, Kurt Ferentz, do you know who he is, Basinonians? Okay, right now, yes. ask yourself that. Coach Ferentz, uh, I go all the way back in 1992 and 1993 with the Cleveland Browns when he was Bill Belichick's offensive line coach. This guy is one of the best coaches. You want to talk about somebody that demands physicality? It's, it's not an accident that players that come from Iowa – on the line of scrimmage, whether it's offense or defense, and I would say most particularly offense, these guys are physical football players. They are. There's a reason why year after year after year, you'll see NFL teams drafting players that come out of Iowa on the line of scrimmage, both sides of the line of scrimmage, but in particular, the offensive side. Well, and, and it's physical. Iowa plays those 14 to 13 games that are on the early Big Ten game on Kurt every Saturday Ferentz, morning. Uh, I'm just looking at Lance Zerline's mock because we're going to have him on in about a half hour. He has Lucas Van Ness going to the Bears at number nine. So that's about, and it looks, we get past about the first five or six guys. Everybody has more of a range, right? Everybody has Will Anderson going third or maybe fourth or fifth if the Cardinals trade out of that spot and move way down. But for the most part, those he's in the there, same spot. And then these other guys have a bigger range. Yeah, there are some mocks that are out there that Tyree Wilson is actually rated ahead of Will Anderson. That's I. That's and Lance Erlachs, and yes. we're, we're going to have him on, so we're going to ask him about that in about a half hour. Yeah, I know. That right there, I, I just don't understand that. Um, that just seems so combine 
heavy. So we'll ask Lance about that very thing when we get a chance to talk to him. He's got Tyree Wilson going second to Houston, actually. Tyree Wilson, Edge, Texas Tech. Versatility is the name of Wilson's game. He spent most of his time playing outside linebacker while at Texas Tech, leading the Red Raiders in sacks despite an injury-shortened season. But scouts project he will do better in the NFL as a defensive end. His massive wingspan is his signature physical attribute, paired with his six foot six, two hundred seventy-five pound frame. Scouts say there's room for improvement in his speed and agility, as he is not. Not all that quick to change directions on the field, but they think he has what it takes to be an impact rotational player right away. NFL comp, Ziggy Ansa. Ziggy. Okay. Um, you know, once again, uh, I love Tyree in, in regard to his athleticism. I just don't know if he's got the motor that Will Anderson has. As a matter of fact, I don't think he does yeah, have the motor. It doesn't see, uh, I, would, I would take him at seven if you end up trading down. I would take him at seven. If yeah, uh, I guess, I guess it's not a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination. I would have to see who else is there, who else is on the well, board. Yeah, that's how the yeah. <laughs> you don't get to know who's going to be available. Anybody else you want to fire off on defense here before we go? No. Okay. All right, then we're going to go to break. If you're going to be that. Oh way wait a minute. No. Okay. I thought you Jalen Carter. Not going to fire him. Do you off? think there's any way the Cardinals take Jalen Carter? No. Like, is there? Uh, it depends trying, where they are. That's right? I was, we were putting this together before the show. I mean, I have Carter's capsule right here. I was just trying to figure out what scenarios. I guess if you traded down to seven and he dropped, you'd obviously have to take a long, hard look at him because that's a guy that some people had going one. <laughs> and I think they, I think they would. Yeah. No doubt. I think they would. But man, right now the 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 warning flags that are going up on him is real. Definitely not Carter. No way. That's for sure. Uh, legendary voice of the Suns, Al McCoy, has announced his retirement, and we want to hear from you. Text Al to 62620 and submit a video with a thank you, Al, message. We may even play it on the air. Just text Al to 62620 when we come back. What does Bobby Marks think about the Suns as they gear up for the playoffs? And who does he think is the best first-round matchup for Phoenix? We're going to ask the ESPN front office insider. He's going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. As Suns get the Lakers tonight, they get the Clippers on Sunday, and then they get nearly a week off before the first round of the playoffs. We know they're the four seed. We don't know who the number five seed is yet, though. Joining us to talk about this on the Arizona Sports Line is ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks. Bobby, thank you for the time. How are you doing? I'm good, guys. How are you? We're good. We're ready, good, Bobby. ready for the playoffs to start uh, <laughs> down here at this point. Yeah, I think all of us are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's. I guess let's start there. We we don't know who the Suns are going to play, but the, the you know five, six, seven, eight, all the way down there in the Western Conference is still pretty bunched up. Is is there a team in there that stands out to you as as one that would be more or less dangerous to the Suns? I mean, certainly, I don't think you want to face you know Golden State in round one. I know they've. You know, certainly struggled on the road this year, um, but the defending champions will be dangerous no matter if they're playing Phoenix or Sacramento here, and you've got Andrew Wiggins back here. So I, that would probably be the team I probably wouldn't want to face. Um, 
you know, I think heading into that, that Clipper game, I would have said, you know what, I'll take the Lakers. You know, I'm not scared of the Lakers in a 4-5 matchup, but with the Lakers losing, it makes it a little more challenging at that. The Lakers team, although has played a lot better and you've got LeBron and AD, that doesn't scare me. Um, you know, I think you're, I think what you're probably going to be looking at, you're probably looking at the Clippers, which is fine. You know, you're, they're not going to have Paul George. Um, likely you've got Kawhi and Westbrook and pretty deep bench. But as you guys know, when we get into playoffs, you're only playing seven guys, seven, eight guys here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just think, I think if the, the big thing is it's just as, you know, we're getting into this weekend. Just get there healthy. Um, you know, you're one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Um, and some of these other teams that you are going to be facing um, has some injuries, uh, some, you know, um, either chemistry issues here. And um, just, as I said, just kind of get there in one piece. You know, Bobby, when you get into the postseason, as you very well know, the game becomes a lot more physical. And because of that, do you think teams are afraid to play the Phoenix Suns in the postseason? Well, I think they're they're afraid probably because if they are, they because Phoenix has got you know two probably top ten players in the league and Booker and Durant, you know, and two closers. I mean, you know, you need closers, and in in when you get to the playoffs, here, guys that you can put the ball in their hands at the end of games, they do. Um, so I don't know about um, I don't know about afraid from a physicality standpoint here, but. Um, you know, that's if I'm facing, you know, Phoenix, that's, you know, they're different than years before where maybe they're a little more balanced, um, you know, with certainly with Mikhail and, and Cam and Crowder there. Um, but um, as I said, like, you know, all you need is seven or eight guys going into these, into these playoffs if you stay healthy here. And um, they're going to be, they're dangerous. You know, they're, they're dangerous out. I know. Durant's only been back, you know, limited time here, but I, I'm not concerned about him one bit as far as, you know, how many games he's been able to kind of sit out here. Talking to Bobby Marks, uh, ESPN NBA front office insider. Bobby, one of the, the things that happened in last night's game was Chris Paul hitting a career-high seven threes, and we were talking about this earlier. For how long Chris Paul's been in the league, for him to do anything that's new and is a career-high, that's worth taking notice of. Uh, just your thoughts on what Kevin Durant potentially does for Chris Paul. So much of the talk early was what he would do for Devin Booker, but he seems to be unlocking Chris Paul now, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you see with uh, with Kevin as far as guys are going to have to make shots? You know, that's the that's the beauty because he'll probably see probably a lot more double teams here. They'll try to get the ball out of his hands. Um, you know, if you're moving the ball, um, you will be open whether it be Chris or, um, you know, Koji or, you know, uh, Terrence Ross or, you know, uh, Landry, you know, some of these other, Damian Lee, some of these other players. It's going to, you know, it's almost like rewind back, I guess it was over a month ago when they had that Dallas game. I think that was Durant's, um, you know, one of his first games. I think it might have been his first game here where you saw, like, yeah, him and Devin can get you so far. But eventually it's going to come down to, I don't want to call Chris a role player because he's going to be, going to be in the Hall of Fame, but kind of your, your options three to six, three to seven to, to go out and kind of make shots. And that's going to be, that's going to probably um, be the difference when we get into playoffs. Bobby, what is your preference in regard to finishing seasons when you can't change your seating at all anymore? Uh, how, how would you handle the last two or three games? Yeah, I mean, almost, you know, I understand, to, you know, you played last night against Denver and you're going, I'm not, I wouldn't be playing guys tonight, um, you know, certainly coming off a of back-to-back. I think, you know, considering that you're not a plane and you're not going to be playing until Saturday or Sunday, I mean, I would still treat, um, you know, if you're playing on Sunday almost like a preseason game 
Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable completely shutting it down because, you know, practice doesn't, um, you know, um, you know, isn't the same as, as a game here. Um, you know, so if you're playing guys 18 to 20 minutes, then that's, that's fine. I think that's, you know, I know injuries can happen anywhere. You know, Kevin Durant can slip down the stairs, you know, tomorrow and sprain his ankle. So I'm not scared about the injury factor there, but I do think, I do think it, considering that you are going to be off for over a week here. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'd be comfortable shutting it down tonight and then also, um, you know, come the weekend also. Talking to Bobby Marks, uh, Bobby <laughs> going off the suns here for a second. What happens to Dallas if they miss the play in tournament and everything? <laughs> Well, they're doing their best to try to miss it because <laughs> you're not going to see many guys tonight except for Luca on Slovenian night in, uh, in, in Dallas here. It's funny, though, that, you know, they're playing against a Chicago team that basically resting everyone off because they've got nobody. They got no incentive. They're stuck in that 10 hole. Yeah, it's, I just did a thing on, on uh, NBA Today about it. What, what I have done, I, I, yeah, the optics stink. Right, like the optics are awful here, but from a front office perspective, the best interest is to keep their pick, which is top ten protected. If it goes from eleven to thirty, it goes to the Knicks. And considering how much limited assets they have, I mean, they've got no seconds to trade. They the earliest is a 2027 first. Kyrie's basically your lone guy. I mean, I think the, the likelihood is that you're going to have to bring back Kyrie. I don't think you have a choice. I don't think you can leave lose him and Brunson in two back to back years with for nothing here and. If Kyrie is, you know, um, you know, part of your future that you know you keep, but I think him under contract is a lot better than going out in free agency with thirty million dollars in cap space. I, I just think, you know, I don't know what you're going to get out there, and you, it, it would cost you him, Reggie Bullock, Christian Wood, Dwight Powell, just to get just to create that cap space. But this is the position they're in. You know, I don't, you know, as much as people like the pile on Kyrie Irving, I'm not blaming Kyrie Irving for what's happened since the trade deadline. I mean, their defense has been bad. It was bad before and it's been bad since. I mean, that's the reality of it. And the, the some of the pieces just don't, just don't fit here. And Luca's got to play better, you know, as from a maturity standpoint, from on the court here, um, you know, he's kind of starting to remind me a little bit of DeMarcus Cousins. Um, and you know, you guys know how that turned out. Um, so he's got to, he's got to grow up. I mean, that's the reality of it here, but it's funny. You go from, I mean, you guys saw me a year ago, beat your sons in the, in the, um, in the, in the semis, you know, they go from there to conference finals to basically counting ping pong balls. Yeah, I mean, man. you know, that's, 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 it turns awfully quick here. So I think their championship window is closed, at least from that for now, but it's, you know, they're facing a huge off season. Bobby, if the Suns have a weakness, what would you say that is? Well, I mean, I, I think if, if there's a weakness, it, it's, you know, basically tending to become perimeter oriented. And I know when you have Devin and you have, you have, um, when you have uh, Chris and you have uh, and Kevin, um, you know three of the better perimeter players. Um, you know you kind of tend towards that. I think for them, you know the Aiton factor is going to be big. And I feel like we've talked about this for like three off three postseasons in a way in a row. Like don't forget about DeAndre Aiton, right? Don't right. forget about him. As far as as you know, the game slows down in, in the in the, uh, in the in the postseason here. He'll be able to kind of get you easy baskets around um, about around the rim here. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, weakness is a depth. But as I always said, you know, playoffs, you know, you, there's a difference between playoff depth and regular season depth. The regular season depth, you need 10 to 12 guys just to get you through. Playoff depth, you only need eight guys. 
Bobby, great stuff as always, man. We always enjoy talking to you, and we appreciate the time. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You too. That's Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. That's not a uh, pretty picture in Dallas right there. <laughs> no, it isn't. We, we opened the show today trying, reading off the list of players that just aren't playing for the Mavericks tonight, and some of them it's rest. It's like your season's on the line, and guys are resting? How, how is that possible? I mean, honestly, right now, if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, what are you doing? Freaking out based on what I'm seeing online right now. Exactly. Yeah. What are you doing right now? Is it is it really that bad inside that locker room? This is their, their injury report for tonight. And again, this is, you know, Dallas needs to win. They're behind Oklahoma City for the last spot going into the final weekend of, of the last spot in the play-in, not even yeah. the playoffs. Kyrie Irving's out, right foot injury recovery. Josh Green, rest. Tim Hardaway Jr., left ankle soreness. Maxi Kleba, right hamstring injury recovery. And Christian Wood, rest. <laughs> okay. Hey, Luca, uh, we know how there was all that talk that you might be upset that we're not putting enough pieces around you. Uh, with the season on the line, can you go out and win the game? And it's just going to be you that plays it's tonight, by the way. It, what a weird spot. All right, when we come back, the NFL Draft, less than three weeks away. What is the most likely scenario for the Cardinals? We're going to ask NFL Draft analyst Lance Zerline. He will join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.